Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, let's go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. His name is Evan Demerall. He covers the, he covers the Cavs, has for a million years. He joins us here on 92.3 The Fan. Hello, Evan. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. First off, I got to shout out uh, the newsletter. You got to tell people how to go ahead and uh, get that sent to their inbox because I get it sent to my inbox. And here's what I love about it. Not only do you do like instant Cavs news anytime I need it, which is great. And you always do a great job with it, but you don't over flood my inbox. Like you're at the point where like I see you, it comes I read it, and then I'm not like – it's not like every five minutes, which is would have bothered the living daylights out of me. I feel like it's once every couple of days, maybe once every – you know, like, yeah, like once every two, three days, and I think it's awesome, and I love it. Tell people how they can uh, get on board there. Yeah, it's a partnership through Facebook, and it's through their bulletin platform. So if you follow me anywhere on social, I have the links everywhere. It's free if you have a Facebook account or an email address. There's absolutely no pressure to be a paid subscriber whatsoever, but – like Jonathan said, you anytime I publish an article, I usually try to go for about 9 a.m. during the weekdays and do it on the weekends so you can sleep in. And it's the latest on the Cavs, the Browns, the Guardians, anything the way those teams impact the community, you name it, I'll be covering it. And, yeah, I try not to overload people's inboxes because from personal experience, I absolutely agree. If I get a million emails about something, I'm – I'm more in tune not to read it ever if that happens. Yeah, because you think to yourself, you're like, there's no way he can give me something really important every single day, even though I'm sure you could. Um, yeah, I'm in the content creating business. I could find I find interesting stuff every day, but it feels like you just send things when they're like really interesting and important to you. And I need to let the listeners know this sounds like I like was asked to go ahead and set this up this way and make it sound like uh, you know. Uh, no, this was all like I just wanted to do this because I genuinely do enjoy it, and I think other people's would other people would, and uh, now we can move forward with the conversation. Rod- no, I absolutely appreciate it. I gotta I gotta hire you and Mac Robinson as my personal hype man at this point. Jeez. I well, so I've been working on uh, anytime we bring a guest in, if I really do enjoy their stuff, like to highlight a little bit more to make sure that you like you know people know, but legitimately, it is really good. Yeah, I, you should be very proud of yourself. It's very good. It's very well done. Uh, like the Rondo news, for instance. I went to you when that news happened. I got the news right to my inbox, and you brought a different perspective that I hadn't quite thought of yet with Rondo. Uh, yeah, like the idea that he just he runs the he runs the offense different. You know, uh, when you when you watched Ricky Rubio, it was fast paced. Rondo goes at his own pace. Uh, how do you think that's going to impact what the Cavs do here? I'm I'm interested to see. I think it's encouraging that Adrian Wojnarowski made a point to say that Rondo is excited about the opportunity to come to Cleveland and play with this team. 
I think more than anything, he's excited just to have an opportunity to play, period, because I think either I said this on Twitter or in the story itself that because of how the Lakers are built right now, Rondo doesn't really have a lot of opportunities to play for Los Angeles. So I think this is just an opportunity for him to play in general. But I I see it going well. I do – I want to say I'm cautiously optimistic because I think Rondo needs to do – needs to realize that this is towards the tail end of his career at this point, and he can't be too, too picky if he actually does want to play because I think J.D. Baker's staff is very comfortable with pulling the plug if things go – sideways because he has his finger on the pulse of this team and if somebody rocks the boat I think it's pretty easy just to say okay well you're not going to play or you can stay home because the Cavs are also an organization that's comfortable telling players to stay home if they're going to be a problem so if you look at like Kevin Porter Jr. or J.R. Smith in the past but I think it's going to go well now that I've had some time to think about it I think the biggest drop off from Rubio is Ricky Rubio was the bona fide six man for the Cavs mm-hmm with Rondo, I don't think you're going to get that. I think you're going to get the playmaking. I think Rondo is a Hall of Fame caliber point guard. He's experienced it. I mean, at his apex, he was one of the best point guards in the league. So you have to really take that into consideration as well. The mind will always be there in terms of playmaking. I think you saw that with Rubio, but I don't think maybe Rondo's body is quite there anymore just in terms of how elite of a player he was, especially defensively. So I think this Rondo move is one of the – first few steps maybe in the Cavs making a few moves because you get the playmaking aspect from Rondo that maybe you can soak up a little bit of what Rubio did that way, but you're not going to get the scoring punch as well, which is actually funny. You mentioned the, the new, uh, right down Newcomb, the newsletter I'm writing about that right now where I feel like this is the first and maybe a couple moves the Cavs can make because losing Colin Sexton is already a big enough punch for this team offensively. I think losing Ricky Rubio and that bench scoring and just the dynamicism he has in terms of creating shots for himself and others is going to be something the Cavs are going to have a hard time struggling. I mean, you're seeing it right now with Darius Garland on the floor. Like, no disrespect to Kevin Pangos, but you have Kevin Pangos uh, and Brandon Goodwin playing minutes for the Cavs in point. We can, we can throw some disrespect uh, on it. It's okay. He'll live. I'm not a professional basketball player, and I do not have the physical ability yes, to be but one. Relative, so. relative to the other professional basketball players that we have to talk about, Kevin Pango should not be playing professional basketball. Okay, maybe that's a little fair in itself. but I'm not going to make you get in the mud. I get in the mud. I'm not going to make no, you get in the mud. I, I know what you're saying, but that's, I think that's where the next move is going to be or the Cavs need to maybe find somebody who can create shots and create some instant offense off the bench because – you really notice it when Sexton went down wherever the offense stalled. The Cavs really looked rudderless, and you said, okay, they need the guy who can go out there and get a quick, easy couple buckets and maybe 10, 15, 20 points a night. And then with Rubio, he just kind of just doesn't seem to care sometimes. Not in the most he's, – he's, in the nicest way possible, he doesn't seem to care. He's so confident in his ability that he takes these three-pointers and you're like, no, 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 no. And then he <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> maybe not next time, but – I, I pointed this out. People kept saying maybe he's going to play like Olympic Rubio this entire season. I said I don't think that's necessarily sustainable, but I think he carried a little bit of that Olympic swagger with him, and I think the Cavs need to find some type of move to just find a little bit more of those, that offense as well because there's going to come times again where like this offense really falls out or the youth and experience of this team comes to bite them in the butt, and they need a veteran presence to kind of smooth things over until – JD is able to get the kids right again. It's interesting. So, like, in the newsletter, you brought up Karis LeVert. Uh, it, I want to go a different route. It, so, is Dennis Schroeder still on the table then or no? 
I would say, I mean, Dennis Schroeder's another player. He's a lot like Rondo where he's not really in the rotation for Boston. Uh, they're, they're starting Marcus Smart at the point. But I think Dennis Schroeder could be had. I think, again, like Rondo, he has a bit of a personality to him too. And you have to kind of take that into consideration where this is a young and impressionable locker room. If you bring in enough negative voices, it get really just disrupt things altogether. And we have another John Bayline situation where the veterans are just kind of tuning out the coaches and the players follow suit. So, no, I wouldn't be opposed to the shooter acquisition. It makes sense in theory, but he's hardly making any money either. So you could take the JaVale McGee trade exception and just trade for him straight up if Boston just wanted to unload a roster spot. Mm-hmm. But that's where it gets a little murky for Cleveland, though, is they have 15 players on their roster. That's why they had to trade Denzel Valentine. So you need to ask yourself, who's next in the chopping block? I think off the top of my head, Dean Wade is one of the non-guaranteed contracts they have. I don't know if you really want to cut Dean Wade for uh, Dennis Schroeder at this point. Clearly, like, that's a talent upgrade, but, like, depth-wise and just chemistry-wise, you want to cut a homegrown product that you've kind of just invested a lot of time and energy and resources into. So you think we still have one more bullet in the chamber, so to speak, though? Yeah, I do. I think I think the Cavs do have one more move remaining. I think Karis LeVerge makes a lot of sense for this team. I think he and Jared Allen being good friends is like a really encouraging thing just because of their time together in Brooklyn. I think he kind of fits that mold of what you're looking for in terms of a player who can – Create some instant offense, whether it's off the bench or with the bench units. I would assume if he trades for Karis LeVert, he's starting at this point for the Cavs, whether it's at the two or the three for them. And you just kind of generate offense that way. He also provides some tertiary playmaking, which is always encouraging, too, because you need a guy who can kind of move the rock a little bit, too, and just kind of keep things going, especially with Rubio down. And um, he, he has a three-point presence, which something Rondo doesn't really necessarily have. So you need a player who can – Kind of create some spacing on offense as well. I think Karis Levert's a good option. Mm-hmm. If the money could work, you can maybe bring in like a Buddy Heald type player. Because Buddy Heald makes almost too much sense on this cast team because that's a guy <laughs> who takes 10 three-pointers a night and he makes them at a pretty efficient and pretty elite clip at this point too where the spacing makes a lot of sense. I think Buddy Heald could play 2-3. You can ask him to come off the bench or start. But I think, again, if you're trading for a player like Buddy Heald for that type of money, you're going to start him. But also, Kevin Law is making $30 million and coming off the bench. So what do I know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's options out there for Cleveland. I've been kind of combing the market over the last few days just to kind of get a gauge of who is and isn't available. I don't know if it's going to necessarily be allowed deadline. It's kind of looming in February with, like, Ben Simmons being the big name, obviously. I think teams are going to wait to this offseason to really move the bigger names. But if you're going to the Karis LeVerge, the Buddy Heald, even Eric Gordon, Houston could be an option too if the Cavs are really serious about saying, hey, we have something here. Um, Oddsmakers picked this team to win 26 games. The expectations are rock bottom, and the Cavs have exceeded every single one of them so far. If they really want to go all in on this season and just say, let's make a push for that four or even that five seed to avoid the playing tournament in general, I think there are moves available for Cleveland in order to do that. It's just a question of whether or not do the Cavs feel comfortable giving up these assets to make a lateral move just to keep this push going. Just because, unfortunately, one of your best young scorers is out for the season with a meniscal tear. One of your best veterans is out for the season with a 20 ACL. Like, this is just bad luck for a Cavs team. The hits keep coming for them. Mm -hmm. And... 
I think there are options out there. It's just do you want to keep the powder dry for the off season and just really go big name hunting and maybe go try and like get a Jalen Brown or get yourself back involved in the Ben Simmons sweepstakes? Because let's be frank, Ben Simmons is not going to play for Philadelphia ever again. It's just it's a matter. So of you would you would welcome you point. would welcome him on the Cavs if you can get him. You don't care about the oh. like the chemistry anything that way. You you'd take him on. I think offensively, spacing wise, it's a bit of a mess with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, and those two are clearly your foundational pillars alongside Darius Garland. But as a talent play, I'm always a big fan of saying if there is the most talented option available and he is somehow available to you, you're a little crazy not to Yeah, you make it work. You make it work. You make make it work. That's on your coaching staff. That's on the organization to make these pieces work all together. And I I think it drives me a little crazy that people like to crystallize the entire Ben Simmons experience into – Yes, the missed dunk was a bad thing in the playoffs, or him having those meltdowns in the second round more often than not in the playoffs is not a great thing. I think we have to pull it back to Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid threw him under the bus for that. So well, I'm and, and that. Evan, like the genesis of the whole entire thing was that they wanted to trade for James Harden because they thought that yep. James Harden could be better than Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons, like any rational human, didn't like being told that uh, they might have a better option, and they were searching that out. Exactly, and then that's that's the thing, because if you're Ben Simmons, you're a perennial defensive player, you're a defensive player, you're a caliber player every single year, you are a cerebral playmaker, you can do X, Y, Z, do all these things on both ends of the floor at an elite level, yes, you cannot shoot or make a three-point shot, and teams will not respect you in that regard, but there's players who have made ways to make that work, like if you look at Marcus Smart, no team really respects him from three-point range. Isaac Okoro with the Cavs. No one, no team on the on the opposing side really respects him on the perimeter unless he's hot for some reason one night. But they make it work and they make things work. If there's a clear talent acquisition here, and let's see, because Ben Simmons' value is pretty low across the league. That's not that's not a secret at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and I tell people offhand like. Is that a fireable offense for Daryl Morey not to <laughs> trade Ben Simmons for James Harden at this point? Because that trade was staring them down the barrel. Yeah. And you think, what if? Well, James Harden was in Philly, which is making a bunch more noise about them at this point. But if Ben Simmons can be had for much less than what James Harden and maybe a boatload of other things were for, and let's say, the, again, the Cavs are the biggest benefactor in this trade because then if you look at it that way, they don't get Jared Allen. But that's another can of worms for another day, and we don't have to live on that timeline, thankfully. But if you can get Ben Simmons for much less than what James Harden, an MVP caliber player, equates to, you're crazy not to try and get yourself in that conversation and make that upgrade because people say, oh, he doesn't shoot three. Folks, Larry Markin is starting as a three for the Cavs, and he's made two of his last 26 three <laughs> That's very fair. Uh, Evan, i got to ask you about Kevin Love because he is now, he's back to being everyone's darling, and everyone is getting smitten over K-Love again. I, I don't know how sustainable this is. Do you think there's any chance it, it could be for, uh, like, we can, we can ride this out, or is it like, you know, water's wet, the sky is blue, Kevin Love eventually will get injured, or eventually we'll find something to uh, make us just completely wipe away the good times? I think the Ricky Rubio acquisition and the loss is really going to play a factor. And he, well, the acquisition played a factor into his kind of rebounding. And I've never seen a Cleveland player do this quick of a 180. Maybe if Baker Mayfield suddenly drags the Browns to the Super Bowl, he'll be the next one. But nah, not, um, not possible for him. He could he could hoist the Lombardi Trophy, and there'd still be fans being like, "You didn't do good enough in the Super Bowl." <laughs> 
But Kevin Love is kind of having a swan song right now. And I I couldn't believe it when I said that he is now one of the more key veterans in this locker room because I thought he was going to be someone that kind of kept at arm's length because he just has that history of being a bit of a toxic individual at times and he gets frustrated with the situation. Uh, I think it's encouraging because they didn't have Rubio or Garland for the last few games, and then in their last game he had 35-11, and 11, I think, off the top of my head, which is a bit of a turn-back-the-clock game for Kevin Love by all facts in the matter. But I think this might be sustainable. I think he's found his niche. I think he's found his groove. I think him having, like, an established history with J.D. Bickerstaff back from their time together in Minnesota to now helps a lot, I think. Kevin is realizing, hey, if I continue to put up good, decent numbers, like he wasn't shooting at a great clip to start the season either. He's shooting, he's averaging like 12 points and seven rebounds on 30% shooting. Maybe he yeah. kind of regresses back to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if he shows that he's a positive presence in the locker room, if he shows that he can provide meaningful basketball, I think the Team USA thing did a so much damage to his reputation, especially with what Colangelo said about him. I think he's trying to squash that notion as well. I want to remain optimistic because I think Kevin Love is in a good place. I think losing Ricky Rubio might make things a little unsteady for him at first, but I think it's encouraging. He's putting up good numbers without Garland and Rubio on the floor for the last two games, and this game tonight against Indiana as well will be the same case. And I think Rondo will help balance that out a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I think you might see him kind of bounce back to those early season numbers a little bit more. But I think he'll remain a positive presence. I think his agents kind of got in his ear saying, like, hey, man, you got to relax. If you really want to go to a contender, it's not to be by a trade yeah. at this point because of just how everything's gone wrong. But it, I always put it this way. If Russell Westbrook can get traded and Russell Westbrook can trade multiple times, he hasn't been a problem in the locker room. I mean, Chris Paul had a total turnaround, but Chris Paul right. is an example, too. I think Kevin Love can be a good asset for a team. It just depends on how much they're willing to pay him. And he's making a lot less money next offseason as well. Yeah, without and question. I think if he leaves, yeah, and if he leaves Cleveland on a more positive note, I think that's a good thing. I think you have to obviously say he's a top 10 player in franchise history. I mean, statistically speaking, he is just in terms of scoring. But he, I think it's going to be okay. But also – it's the cynic in me of being a Cleveland sports fan as well. I'm also going to wait for the other shoe to drop at some point too. Things <laughs> continue to slide like they hey, do. We, Evan, we I'm can... like, I can look at my watch and say, hey, maybe it's time for a Kevin Love blow up. Uh, we can ride the good times. Evan, I appreciate you. Great stuff. We didn't even get to Kevin Porter Jr. We'll just say good riddance and it is what it is. Uh, I'll catch up with you down the road, man. Appreciate you giving us a few minutes here. I appreciate you. Thank you for your time. All right, Evan Demerol right there on 92.3 The Fan. He's so good. He's so good. Uh, subscribe to his newsletter. I'm telling you, uh, I love it every single time. It shows up in my inbox. I'm, I'm right on it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.